What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the World on Drugs podcast with me, Steve Fury. And we got another what, folks? Say it with me. I swear to God, you better say it. I can hear you. We got another banger on our hands, folks. This one all about pooty, baby. Oh, sweet, sweet little wet shark pooty, baby. Um, So we've been we've been deep diving. We deep dove in the Lubyanka criminal group. We deep dove so deep that we snapped our necks on the bottom of the pool. I'm sorry if that's triggering for any of you who have done that. Sometimes you got to take risks, folks. Uh, this episode was done by Dr. Joe Haswell, my man, the two-headed dragon of this podcast, me and Joe. Um, so how, uh, how have I been? Haven't talked to you guys in a little while. One, number one, got a hop, got a cop haircut. Um, apparently my tongue's not working, can't speak, got a cop haircut, didn't mean to. Am I against cops? Not at all. Uh, I've hung out with a lot of criminals. You need somebody, but I don't know if I want to look like I'm asking for your ID. Um, so the reason I didn't talk to you guys last week is your boy got surgery on his knee to put in, I got black eyed knees. I'm going to be honest, I got black eyed knees. So I've been um, dunking, running fast, and just being in a lot more shape and handsome than I normally have. Um, no, that's, is that racist? I don't know. Um, maybe I got canceled. Steve Fury, local open micer canceled because he said he had black eye <laughs> knee surgery. Um, I think that was actually a South Park episode. I have been okay, man. Surgery was decent. You know, me, number one, kind of a fan. Not of surgery, I'm a fan of anesthesia. You know, put me to sleep. I am always pro put me to sleep. You know, getting surgery, put me to sleep. Watching my girlfriend's reality shows, put me to sleep. Long drive, put me to sleep. I don't know if I can drive while asleep, but I want to be gassed. People always go, hey, hey, you know people die like that. I hope I, I've, I had enough. I've lived long enough. Put me down. Put me down. Just gas me. I'm trying to bring back death row just recreationally. You know? <laughs> no, my life's great. Um, yeah, I got surgery on my knee. I I was out for about good news is they told me it could be between six uh two weeks and six weeks. Um so good week. I'm already walking around. Did my first set back last night at the where you guessed it. Comedy store, baby. Main room, ten fifteen. Maybe you seen it. Maybe you seen me dancing, tapping away. Um, felt good to be back, man. Fuck, I. It's so wild how much I love this art form, and how it's all I want to do all the time. Um, tell you what though, those ten days off were good. Um, ended up pinching a nerve. What? Who does that? Goes in for surgery on his knee, pinches a nerve on his neck. Um, when I went into physical training, 
I was like, yeah, yeah, the knee, yeah, yeah, no, it's oozing blood, but yeah, yeah. What up with the shoulder, though? Um, he goes, oh, you pinched your nerve. Um, it's, it's What's really funny about, it's in my, well, apparently all the nerves, are, I guess, are in your neck. It just felt like it was in my shoulder. Um, so the surgery was great. Um, oh, can I stop saying um like a fucking Eastside comic who can't write a punchline? Woo! Eastside is like alt comics, which I don't mind at all. But you know, they they leave a leave a lot on the table. Um, oh motherfucker, I just did it again. So my knees. This is the thing, man. So I go in there. I get surgery. Only takes about in two hours. I wake up, back at it, man. Just awake. It's like, dude, fucking Michael Jackson had it right. But you can die like that, Steve. He died in a G4 in the sky. I'm going to die in a Corolla in a park. You know what I mean? Different. I'll take the G4. Um... Apparently, I woke up in the middle of the surgery and yanked out the um, trach. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> threw it at him. I don't remember that, but hey, tell you what. One thing about they won't say about Steve Fury, doesn't put on a show. I gave those doctors what they paid for. An open knee and a trank to the face. I don't think it's a trank. I think that's what goes in your throat. Having a medical girlfriend really allows you to learn some stuff that you forget very quickly. It's the thing, man. You know, Papa, we've talked about this. We've talked about me enjoying pills, okay? We've also talked about them in our fentanyl episode and how you shouldn't do them. And I don't do them. Um, But if I get them from a doctor, a little bit of the old... I say go for it. You know, never take a ton, but if you got a prescription from a doctor and you take two a day or something, do it and enjoy the warm embrace of opiates. Um, this is the thing. I don't know if you guys know this. After all the dope shit came, dope sick shit came out, doctors now, every time they prescribe any opiates, um, they get audited like you would by the IRS for every one they do. So they don't do it. So I got out of fucking surgery, bro. And they gave me meloxicam. If you don't know what meloxicam is, it is a, uh, it's actually a really great anti-inflammatory. Uh, works very well there. Mild pain reliever, like almost on the level of Tylenol. And that's all they gave me. So the first two days um, were sort of a nightmare. Then I started coming out of that. Then got the pinched nerve. And the doctor's the PT guy was like, it's because you're not moving around. And I'm like, what do, you, what do you want me to do here, bud? Knee don't work. What do you what do you want me to do some Zumba, some some stationary Zumba dog? Is that what you want? Look at me in my fucking eyes. You physical training cocksucker. And you tell me you want me to do Zumba stationary. And I'll fucking do it. Um, so the the shoulder thing was all fucked up. My knee's good. Back to walking. Just have two really gross holes. Um, but they kind of got character to them, you know? It's like, what? Do you want to date a man who doesn't have holes? Really? Take a second. 
Take a second. Think to yourself right now. Look yourself in the eyes. Get 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 your phone out. Put on the FaceTime thing where you're looking at yourself. Bad angle. And you look at your fat, ugly face and you tell yourself you don't want a man with holes. And I'll tell you, you're a fucking liar. I don't know what that means. Steve Fury's on one today, folks. Talking that gibberish, plug talk, that walk walk. I got it. You want gibberish? I'm your guy. Uncut nonsense coming at you. So, knees better. Did my first spotlight last night at the comedy store. Oh, you know what I love to hear? Listen, you know who's a big fan of Joe Rogan? Steve Fury. The man, if I don't know if I ever said this story on here, maybe I have. I think I've done like 70 episodes of this. Um, I'm going to tend to tell all my stories. I got good ones, but don't got them. Um, don't got 70 of them. When I was working at the comedy store. I was going home one night, and I crashed my car. Uh, this was when I was just a brand new, got the job at the comedy store. as a door guy in valet, and if you don't know what that means... Comedy store is kind of like Harvard. Um, door guy valets are kind of like freshmen. Once that's how they a lot of times will pick who they make pay reg- regulars and then put them on the original room. And once you get good, they put you on the main room. So I was doing that. First came down here and I wrecked my car. Wrecked, undrivable hunk of shit. And this is uh, this city really isn't a. Um, walkable city you need a car at the time though uber prices were remember before the fucking pandemic uber prices you'd walk in gotta be like i don't know six cents and you'd throw a quarter at him eating an avocado like a goddamn king now i gotta take a fucking loan to get to the taco bell See, the problem is when I go on these weird little things, when I lose my mind, um, I forget what I was talking about. What were we doing? Taco Bell. <laughs> That's why I got a layout here. What was I going into? Surgery? Some bullshit about surgery? OR? Oh, yeah. Oh, we that's a good story. I, well, you guys would have been a little bit bummed when I was like, yeah, you know, me, Joe Rogan used to hang out working at the comedy store. Derp. What was I talking about? Derp. Um, crashed my car and I'm working a lot. Lots. The valet, essentially. Uh, it's a very great. It's I loved it the most. You don't make the most money, um, but you get FaceTime with everybody. And when comics want to get away from all the people, They'll congregate in the lot, which means I can go into their little circle and no one's like, why the fuck is, you know, at the time, now I can pretty much go in most people's circles. Maybe not. I don't know if I would just walk up in Joe's. But, you know, at the comedy store, I can pretty much walk in and talk to anybody. But in the beginning, you know, it's kind of, they're parking cars. You don't go fucking talk to Anthony Jesselnik and Mark Marin. So I'm there and Joe Rogan comes up to me and we're smoking a joint, Joe's joints. Uh, if you, don't give Joe stuff. He's not going to accept it. He will not take your weed. Actually, give it to him because then he gives it to people like me. I used to come home with so much shit. Be like, Joe, I handmade this this bottle of whiskey for you. Will you please drink it, Joe? Oh. And then be like, oh, yeah, thanks, buddy. Give it right to me. I'm smashing a white parking Ferraris in the lot. So I'm out there smoking a joint. And you can see, you can see uh, I don't know, I'm just a little whatever. Not off, we're best friends. I don't know. Hey, you don't seem right today. 
Um, but he was just like, what's up? I was like, man, I fucking crashed my car yesterday. He goes, yeah? He goes, well, you know what, man? Just keep working. And he drops about a buck fifty in my pocket. I go, ooh, buck fifty. Okay. Later that night, my buddy J.F. Harris says he's buying a new car, and he's going to sell his 05 Toyota Corolla to them, which I've upgraded since then. But it was a decent car for, I mean, I never had a single problem with it. I had to fix the VSC sensor one time, but I think I had like 250,000 miles, and I never had to do anything. I don't even know if I ever put oil in it, you know? He goes, hey, they're going to give me 1000 bucks for it. If you want to give me $1,000, i will just sell it to you. And he goes, I'm buying it in a week. So then I go, okay, Joe Rogan said, keep going. I got 150 bucks. Only need 850 more. Next day I come in, Joe Rogan's working again. Another buck 50. Next day, another buck 50. Next day, another buck 50. And my man gave me, in I think 10 days, he gave me like 1,100 bucks. Because he wasn't there every day. So... That's how I was able to stay in L.A. I was going to go home, dude. I was just so depressed. You know, I was like, that's just the city will throw shit at you. You just got to get past it. You complain, oh, it's harder for me. Oh, it's hard for me. It's hard for everybody. I moved to L.A. with $1,500, not 15000 Slept on a woman's couch on her floor, sometimes in her bed. Then moved to a horrible neighborhood. It's like just you just got to keep going. So that's the story about Joe. Um, how have I been otherwise? Oh, did a little. One of the highlights of my life, I think, recently was uh, for my dad. You know, it's hard to get your parents gifts. I really like getting people gifts. I think when I uh, make some real money, I'm going to be very good at it. But for my parents, I never know what to get them. What I normally give them is I get them cool tennis shoes. Like Jordans or some Dunks or some Air Maxes. A lot of times Air Maxes. Because I always think it's kind of cool when you just see an old person and they got fly-ass shoes on. But, you know, they're old. And there's like what? There's like birthday, Father's Day, Mother's Day, and Christmas. That's three. A lot of times I'll give them two pairs of shoes. If it's my mom, I normally give my mom two pairs of shoes for each holiday and I'll get my dad one like I just got my mom the waffles Nike waffles and I just got her the new there's this new Air Max that just came out sorry my mom just texted me and said well I like the waffles I got her the waffles and these new Air Maxes I thought the new Air Maxes were fucking sick they're kind of like a cream a teal swoosh the bottom if you've ever seen the patas p-a-t-t-a's the Air Max ones kind of like a runoff on the Air Max ones where the patas thing at the uh, bottom of that that's black and then the uh, sole is white with a air cushion. Pretty funky, pretty cool. So I got them those. But now I think I'm going to get them concert tickets. It's going to be a little expensive for everybody, more expensive for everybody. But this all started with I got my dad and my steps, the old steps, uh, Elise, tickets to Steely Dan at the Hollywood Bowl with me and my girlfriend. So... Were the tickets expensive? Yeah, yeah, they they were very expensive. Was it worth it? Man, was it worth it? Hell yeah. So my dad flew in. I got the tickets. He still flew in, you know. But they kind of want an excuse to come down here. And what's a better excuse than going to the Hollywood fucking Bowl? If you've never been to the Hollywood Bowl, let's start it out. Outdoor stadium seating into the hills of Hollywood. Gorgeous. Okay, gorgeous. 
better than that, motherfuckers. Listen to me here when I say this. You get to bring in a cooler. You get to bring in a cooler, dog. And you can put charcuterie and beers and hard alcohol in there. Yeah. You're not really supposed to put hard alcohol, but you can just put it under the ice. They don't even check. So that's the thing about the Hollywood Bowl. Sometimes tickets are more expensive, but, bro, you can bring in, like, dinner. It's fucking awesome. And drinks. So, like, so... That's how great this place is. And we're going to watch Steely Dan. Uh, Fagan, Dan, Dan, Dan Fagan? Yeah, Dan Fagan. Michael Fagan. The lead singer is the only guy left. The guitarist passed away. He was one of the best guitarists of all time. The ticket was supposed to have Steve Winwood, which... <laughs> that would have been sick. But, you know, these tickets were from 2020? Almost three years ago? Or was that two years ago? I don't know, man. A long time ago, because one of the pandemic shows, so they just kept being pushed back, and I guess Steve Winwood couldn't come, but um, this was a great thing to do, man. If I could suggest you guys, you know, if you're in, some people don't get their parents' stuff, um, but I'm an only child, so if I didn't get them shit, I don't, <laughs> I don't know who would get them anything, so it's like, and plus, I want to get shit, man. That's what it's about. Treat others how you want to be treated, dog. Hi. Want presents? Do I want super nice ones anymore from parents? No, but I still don't want to be fucking presentless like some orphan. Not that there's anything wrong with being an orphan, okay? And maybe you get a lot of presents. I'm not, and not up on my orphanology, okay? I haven't studied orphanology. I took 101 orphanology in high school, but guess what? Failed. Why? Because I have a family. <laughs> Oh, that's not funny. It's sick. Um, so it took him to the thing, the, the the show, and the show was incredible. Unlimited charcuterie. I bought two packs of meat. The whole cheesy selection. I go high end. Okay, we're not eating fucking salami and ham. I'm talking capicola, prosciutto, sopracetta, and the cheeses, bitch. I got the fucking garlic spread from Zanku. You ever had that? Go to a Mediterranean place. They got this garlic spread. It was essentially garlic, olive oil, lemon, salt. And they whip it into what looks like mayonnaise. I mean, if you're a garlic person, if you're not, fuck you. Who doesn't like garlic? Get out of my country. And by my country, I mean this olive garden I've been staying in the back of. Uh, <laughs> they said we're family. Well, guess what, Olive Garden? Sometimes family needs to move back in. So I will be living in the lounge. Putting breadsticks on my butt. Yeah, you can. You ever left a breadstick out for a couple days? Well, that'll start a gag reflex. What am I talking about today? No idea. Went to the concert, it was amazing. Also snuck in some booze. Should have snuck in more. Listen, guys. If you really want to get funky, you can do a false bottom. 
Okay, you can do a false bottom, but let me tell you, there's probably 10,000 seats in the Hollywood Bowl. They're not going into every one of the coolers. So sometimes the Hollywood Bowl will say tonight you can only bring in uh, food and uh, soft drinks. No one's checking your shit. Just put it under there, under the ice. You can put a false bottom, then put ice on top of it. You're good. So we're drinking free booze. I mean, you know, mildly priced booze. Drinking free charcuts. We're cooting. We're charcuting watching Steely Dan with my dad. What's a better dad date, son, than eating cured meats with your dad and watching fucking Peg, the Asia album? It was incredible. And my girlfriend was there. My stepmom was there. It was just such a great day. And I think that's going to be what I do now is try to buy as gifts. Not trips, I'm not balling like that yet. Um, but events, you know, maybe I'll get both of my parents twice a year tickets to a show down here, and they come down, we go. Um, they can afford a plane ticket, you know, it's not that expensive to go from Sacramento Burbank if you get it 50 bucks if you get it in time. And then now I got a place with another room, too. Oh, my cop haircut, lightweight looks good like this. And then I got a place with two bedrooms now, so they can stay. It's just, it's kind of nice getting a little bit older. You know, I've fought it most of my life. If you've known me, I don't want to get older. Well, actually, I do want to get older. I just don't want to act older. I kind of want to be an old man who acts like a kid. And I'm now 33 and act like a child. So that was an incredible experience. Couldn't suggest you guys doing that more. Or get your dad's shoes. Plus, when, you know, your family, your mom. So I'm ne next one, i got to get my mom a gift down here. Which I think Mother's Day is coming up. Fuck, where's Father's Day this one? Oh, I just got my mom the shoes, so Father's Day is this one. He's going to get shoes this one. We're not going to go. We're gonna, he just came down. But that's what I would suggest. Um, also, went to started opening for Cheeto Santino. Andrew Santino. Excellente. Got to open him for in, in for him in Tahoe at Harris. Um, I've done Harris before. I did the comedy club. That comedy club's now closed. So I thought I was going up there to do the comedy club, but we did the theater. Um, great man, Andrew Santino's so cool to hang out with. You know, um, also people have been asking if I'm going on Bert's fully loaded tour. Tour, I will not be, but I'm not mad about it. Um, I don't care that much. I mean, I do. I would have liked to have done it, make uh, good money and stuff. But, you know, man, that guy has done, Bert has done so much for me in my life that, like, if he decided to block me and never talk to me again, okay, you, you, I never thought I'd be right on G4 jets eating steak at 10,000 feet on the fucking air. I never thought I'd fly private. I never thought I'd fly in first class across country in one of those sleeper pods. I never thought I'd live in a bus. I never thought I'd do anything he's shown me. So I don't care at all. I wish them the best. Would have liked to have done it, but whatever. I can stay in L.A., try to lose, start losing some weight. Oh, man, my blood pressure is so high. I started, uh, yeah, so my blood pressure was insane. It's about like a buck 45 over 110. Oof. So that was, I think I started doing my blood pressure a week before the surgery, and I've been focusing on that a lot. Got it down now to about 130 over 110, or 130 over 98. Still not good, but, you know, just going to try and lose weight. 
And that's a great thing to do while not on tour with Bert. Because <laughs> you gain weight with Bert, but it's gain weight on vacation. Um, so I wish them the best, but Santino, man, oh, it's just such a different vibe. Lynn with Bert, you know, Bert, it's like you're in a movie here to there taking in SUVs and you're buying five lunches and anything you want, blah, 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 blah. And with Santino, it's like, yo, we want to meet up. We hang out, ride a little bit, grab lunch, have a few beers, go back to our rooms, nap, wake up, go to the show, get dinner. We got dinner at, uh, the cool thing about when you get dinner at a really nice casino is they give you food vouchers. So you can essentially go to, you essentially go to their nicest restaurant and get whatever you want. So I had like a $150 voucher, so we went to their Friday stations at the top, uh, had a romantic date, he and I, and then after we were like, yo, let's go downstairs and start gambling. And I go, okay, let me go, uh, drop a deuce, and, um, I think I wanted to change, maybe. Right when I get to my room, he's like, hey, you want to just go to sleep? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I passed out and then flew home on private suite jet. Got to do the, the show was great. His fans are great. Great to go up there. You know, when I was a kid, I would go to Tahoe with my family as our vacation. And I've seen acts. And, and I've seen I saw the Black Crows in the same theater that I played in. My dad would take me up there a lot to watch shows, you know. Maybe I saw Crosby, Seals, and Nash at the out, outdoor. I think even Young was there at the outdoor stadium. So to be able to, um, you know, it's like being a teacher at where your high school you went to. Just like, oh, this is kind of serendipitous and just kind of cool. So that was great. I think we're coming to an end here. This is a big opening, but I haven't seen you guys in a while. So I really miss you. Um, like, subscribe, subscribe, share, man. Start sharing this thing. Put some more comments if you can. Um, uh, if you're listening to this, a couple people I think accidentally gave me a one star on Apple. Um, because I say that because they just said very nice things and then gave me <laughs> a one star. So you're fucking up my star rating a little bit. So if they don't hear this and they're not going to do it, maybe you're listening. You can just go write a little thing. Do it on your phone. Do it on Spotify. I don't care. I want to give a sh... Oh, no. I think I got one more thing. Oh, last night at the comedy store. First night back. My new jokes are coming along. I didn't know if they'd do it, man. You just got to keep throwing them against the wall over and over again and over again until they land. And I've been throwing them. And then land here and there, but it was good. But, man, the lineup last night. Let me see if I still got it. It was, you know, man, as many famous people as when Tom, Joe, and Bert would be on the lineup. No, but may, I mean, look at look at this lineup tonight. So, up first, Francisco Ramos. You might not know him. National touring headliner. Then Chris Spencer, one of the big guys at Def Jam. Huge famous uh comic then taylor tomlinson huge theater act mark Marin, huge theater act annie letterman you know big podcasts earthquake netflix specials crusher you know why his name's earthquake because other comics named him that because he crushed so hard seemed like there was an earthquake anthony jesselnik national touring theater act my guy brian simpson national touring headliner me i mean that is good and then my guy 
Earl Skakel, Rose Battle Champion. <sighs> what can you say, folks? It's good to be back. Uh, give a shout-out to Bruce Gray. Give a shout-out to John Sosa's Tony Gidley Comedy Store Records. My, I want to give a shout-out to you guys. Thank you for listening. Share with a friend. I think this episode is going to be very... Oh, I didn't even do the openings. Holy shit. So before we get started on... This week's all about Vladimir Putin and all the people that he's murdered. He's murdered a lot more people than we did, but he has gone after oligarchs recently um, to kill them because they didn't want like, him going into Ukraine and then he takes their, the Russian state takes their money, but the Russian state is his money. So just want to start off, you know, this episode of the World on Drugs talks about suicide a great deal and utilizes journalism articles and opinions to discuss whether or not the suicides were authentic or carried out by covert forces in Russian politics under the direction of Vladdy Poots. This is not meant to diminish victims of suicide, families who have had a loved one commit suicide, or those who experience suicidal ideation in their daily lives. It is meant to demonstrate that learning about the issues with drug dealers, political leaders, and cartels across the world is important and something that should be paid attention to because it can reveal a plethora of problems that people are dealing with on a daily basis. My guy, Dr. Joe Hospital, put up that one for me, and it's very true. Uh, what Every one of these oligarchs that died, in, three of them died three days back to back to back. Billion, 100, 500 millionaires. One was a 1.5 billy. Killed themselves. I'm going to let that go. That's how good this episode is. Today on World on Drugs, I'll be talking about Vladimir Putin and how most Russian oligarchs that have challenged him publicly or privately have died by murder, suicide. Always an interesting choice of death when you're incredibly rich and don't have any problems besides the Russian government being uncomfortable with the amount of power you hold over a private industry. This episode of World on Drugs will show you that you do not fuck with Putin and that money protects no one when a government is run like a mafia without any consequences. Consequences. I mean, are you fucking down, dog? If you guys were on Spotify, you just saw my cat jump onto my head and I still did the read. Love you guys. Share the episode. Let's get this thing popping. Thank you guys for everything. Peace. All right, Josh Potter, thanks for coming in, buddy. Thanks for having me, dude. So excited. So we're going to get into Putin right I'm here. Psyched. I can't wait to find out about all these murders and who he's killed. And- so what we did in the last two weeks is we did a deep dive on how he became where he is. Ah. And he's just kind of, was just a shady, like, their version of the FBI. And yeah, the then, KGB. The KGB. And then he did almost exactly what he's doing in Ukraine to Chechnya in the 90s. Mm. Having, like, kind of these false terrorist attacks and saying that these people are working against him. And then, Not to rehash something you've already gone over, but weren't we on the side of Putin when that was happening in, like, anti-Chechnya or no? Am I thinking of something else? Who's, like, Slobodan Milosevic? That was something else, I think. Slobodan Milosevic, that's the uh, big gangster, isn't it? 
No, it was, uh, he's like the guy that Bill Clinton and him, I just remember Bill Clinton, when I was a kid, it was like Bill Clinton versus Slobodan Milosevic. <laughs> I don't really remember. I remember there's uh, Boris Yeltsin or whatever. That's Boris Yeltsin, I remember him. Yeltsin, yeah. 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 He was really against Boris Yeltsin. All right. But, um, I mean, what they did in Chechnya is exactly what they're doing here. Very Interesting. evil. Okay. But um, we're just going to go, just jump into old Pootie Boy, okay? Can't wait. Um, 11-16-1988. The Soviet Union begins the formal process of dissolving itself and beginning to give up territory to countries that were independent prior to their inclusion in the USSR. 11-9-1989. U.S. President Ronald Reagan declares the Cold War over as the Berlin Wall begins its demolition, which is broadcast around the world. Ouch! Down goes the wall. What's one time you failed and still haunts you to this day? Ooh... I mean, does this mean like Putin? Fa- this is a Putin failure. This is Russia failing, and this is going to cause see. Boris Yeltsin to be seen as a failure, which is going to get Boris Yeltsin booted out, and then Putin is going to get all these uh, criminals and oligarchs to get on his side, and then he turns on all of them and takes all their money. Oh my God, what still haunts me? I don't like to think of fail. I know this is like the lamest, stupid, like non-funny answer that possibly could exist, but I like don't look at failing at things as being like things that haunt me. Really? They're like moments of growth. Because I'm going to fail again. I'm going to fail a whole lot over and over again. You got times. one? Like, yeah, when I'm I fail a think... joke or something. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. a few that I'm like, still stick with me. Um, Mine's more like girls, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that's good. Like fucking up with a girl. I cheated on a girl one time and that was stupid. I'll never do that again. It was like, I felt sick even while I was doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like even, it wasn't even satisfying in the moment of weakness that I had doing it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I did it, and it was like, oh, I'm such a piece of shit, and it just stuck with me forever. So I'd consider that a failure uh, in its own regard, you know? Yeah, cheating, you know, it always seems better on TV, because what they never do is, you know, the worst part about cheating, because I used to cheat all the time in my 20s, and um, you become scared of your phone. Oh, my God, that is so true. And my, yeah, even like, and now it's like, if I was in a relationship, I'm older, I'm more mature, I wouldn't even put myself in the position of yes. being in a relationship unless I was in my phone. I feel like, well, it's like the Undertaker coming out of the castle. <laughs> like, it's going to just come back and fuck me with old shit that I've got in there. It's like your phone knows. It's like, I put my messages on, like, secret and all these things. I go through, a th- or I'm not anymore. I don't cheat at all anymore. But I, like, I used to go through a third uh party messaging oh. company and then somehow the the phone would fuck it up and it'd be like you've got a message on blooper double yeah, yeah and then yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, what's yeah. blooper double i'm like i don't i've never the heard hand of comes out of the grave it's like <laughs> you're a piece of shit just two titties pop up yeah remember when you were a piece of shit <laughs> Here's your dick pic. It's like, why did your dick show up? And now the phone does that thing where it's like, memories. And it's like, why are you showing me tits I forgot existed? Yeah, that's a good one. I I was having a conversation about that. I got to delete everything out of there. I had to do that. Yeah. I got to just start over. I got to create a new identity, get a new cloud. I know. I went back. (laughs) But yeah, that that probably haunts me because I feel bad that I did that. And I don't want that to be who I am. So I would say that's definitely something, uh, a failure. I haven't really had any like... Anything else that really sticks out in my brain. That's so good. Because I also am like a shitty, I feel like I'm a failure in a lot of ways where I like, it's just become a part of my DNA. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Oh, I for sure failed most of my life. Almost every sports team I've ever been on has been the worst. 
that's so funny. I've been I never cared if the team won or anything. I always cared if I made the team and I've and I always like would squeak in. Oh yeah. When there were cuts in soccer or whatever. And it was just because I was like locker room presence. That's what my <laughs> that's what the coach told me. He's like, they like having you around. You're the heart of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the heart doesn't ever kick the ball. He just Can stays I play in the chest. once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> 11 10 1989 to 12 31 1999. Boris Yeltsin becomes a president of the Russian Federation. Economists worldwide generally recommend that the transition from a communist regime to a capitalist economy should be done gradually, focusing on large industries first and gradually moving to smaller businesses throughout the country. If this transition is not carefully handled, they warn that they warn that Russia could be controlled by oligarchs meaning only two to three billionaires would end up controlling entire industries, essentially making it impossible to enter the new, newly free market without being rich. Um, newsflash, oligarchs completely run that whole country. And yeah. They kind of run our country. That's what I was going to say. I was like, what's really the difference between like these people and like Bill Gates and Bezos and Elon Musk? We're just supposed to pretend it's uh, we're better than that. They have a Russian accent. And yeah, they don't. sound evil. Yeah. And we sound like the good guys. Yeah, they don't like gay people and <laughs> ours pretend like they do. Yeah. And ours change their logo into rainbows. <laughs> Oligarchs is just such a great word. Yeah, I love it. It um, really makes me want to be one. Yes, doesn't it? It's better than millionaire. Yeah, or even billionaire. It's yeah. like the heir at the end of it. I want I want oligarch for yeah, sure. Yeah, arch, like an archbishop, archdemon. Yeah. yeah, it sounds badass. Ollie like a... It sounds like something Harry Potter would defeat. In yeah. <laughs> On the new Stranger Things yeah. in the Upside World, Down World, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Russian oligarchs. The oligarchs. <laughs> the oligarch escaped the Upside Down. Was my, was my caviar. Speaking of oligarchs, what's the best, worst nickname you've ever heard? Either you got it or given it to somebody or you ever just heard? When I started working at a local roast beef restaurant slash ice cream stand, it was with awesome. Like a, that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, it's called Anderson's. It's a great place in Buffalo. Um, my mom still works there, actually. And when I started working there, it was like all kids from my high school. Mm -hmm. So I was like a freshman or in eighth grade. I was a busboy, and the seniors that worked there, they like took a liking to me a little bit, I guess. And they called me Wild Bill. Ooh, that's and cool. I have no idea why. <laughs> that's but, a pretty great nickname to get. Yeah, I mean, and so like when I got to high school. All the like senior kids would be like, "There's Wild Bill," and like everyone would be like, "Why are they calling you that?" And I'm like, "I don't know." That's just like what they started calling. I know. I don't picture you as like a freshman looking like the craziest dude. Either. I mean, I yeah, no. I mean, I think I had a bowl cut still, and <laughs> I had like crazy glasses, and obviously, like I was like five foot one, probably, yeah. or like maybe even four nine or something, just the smallest little like eighth grader into ninth grade, whatever. And uh, yeah, they just sort of like he's crazy. And then I would get like invited to parties and stuff, and I'd be too scared to go and shit. Like, like get Wild Bill to come to the party. I'm like, why do they? My friends are all like, what the fuck? What happened this summer? When you step into the room, everyone just goes silent. Wild Bill's here. <laughs> it's just like this little kid with the bowl cut. I had on my JV JV soccer hoodie. It said Wild Bill on the back. And like after all those kids graduated, it just went away. Oh. So it's like whatever, you know. I would have still been introducing myself. I'm like, yeah, hey, right? well, they call me Wild Bill. <laughs> There's right, a guy Josh. that came to one of my shows, and he was from high school. He just showed up at one of my shows. He's like, Wild Bill. I'm like, I haven't heard that name in a dog's age. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like your tater salad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, my fucking, this is some wild shit. So I sold drugs for a very long time, especially in high school. And I was in 
Kansas City, and a kid tags me, and he goes, this was my high school competition. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm. Apparently, he was the youngest drug dealer when I was the older drug oh dealer. Oh, my God. Competition like that. Yeah, I was, he was like, talk- okay. Because I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. I've never seen him. He had a very generic name. And then I was like, no idea. Then my buddy looked him up, and he was a freshman, goofy looking. And I was like, oh, I guess I was a... At the time, dealing. It's so funny. That's very Don Draper of you to be like. He was like, "I feel bad for you," and you're like, "I don't think about you at all." (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That kind of (laughs) competition. I never even heard of you, kid. This is wild, though, because so basically, what I'm guessing goes on here. Boris Yeltsin, he got he lost his power because of the fact that the Soviet Union dissolved, and now everyone looked at him as like weak, even though he was like doing the woke thing. He was doing. He was kind of doing, he was trying to go into capitalist thing, trying to right. just make them look better. And then the KGB were like, no, we're not going away from being in power. And Putin was the head of the KGB, so he starts going around and you'll find it out. Boris thought it was like a company. He was like cutting off dead weight. He's yep. like, Czechoslovakia, get out of here. We don't need these losers yep. on our payroll. Yep. I mean, who needs it? I've never been to anywhere and be like, we could use a Czechoslovakian here. <laughs> <laughs> The Buffalo Sabres had a Czechoslovakian member, well, a member of the Czech Republic, Dominic Hasek, who changed the world for Buffalo Sabres fans. So I will get okay. tip my hat to the Czech Republic. Right. But yeah, then it became Slovakia and the Czech Republic. It was a whole mess. Then it go, yeah. It's there, there, the Eastern European Wild Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, Yeltsin worries that a slow approach will allow USSR sympathizers and supporters to regain power and remake the Soviet Union under the guise of the democratic process. During that decade that Yeltsin is the acting president of Russia, he is able to make a quick transition to a free market. But multiple oligarchs emerge. These oligarchs ultimately work against Yeltsin as they believe he is too progressive and will seek out creating laws that will limit the wealth that they can possess as well as control that they can have over their various industries. They put their money behind old Vladdy Pooty Bay, baby, and with the FSB create the Chechen Wars that were talked about in the last episode. This just sounds like America. <sighs> yeah, but to they're a just degree. sad. It's like uh... without. It's just like blatant America. It's like what we're doing, except like blatant. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean, and well, not cool looking. Right, I and guess that's true. Yeah, ours. I feel like we do something. We candy paint it. It looks good. This guy, it's just like a gray tank going over gray land with a gray right. sky, blowing <laughs> up a gray building with gray people. Yeah, we have beaches. We have yeah, exactly. climate. Maybe that's why they want all that land back. They're like, we gotta have a little variety here. It's a little too gray. Dude, I just saw that uh, Top Gun last night. Oh, you did? It was fun. I still haven't seen it. it was a but great there's movie. no bad guy in it, right? It's all just like the bad guys. There's yeah. no country that they allude to. No, but the country's very icy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, it's Antarctica. Yes. The bad people of Antarctica. Which place doesn't have a lot of box offices? Because yeah. they're the bad guys. <laughs> and so the Putin baby emerges. He begins his reign. That must have been hard. What's the hardest thing that you've ever had to do? Oh, my God. Man, these questions are like... Ones I like want to think about. Can I poop in here? <laughs> yeah, you can poop in here for sure. I know I should have sent. The thing is, I do these so quick. I only have like a day to send them to you. I could try and think of what I'm. Man, because like, so the question was, what was the hardest thing I've ever had to do? Here, take a second to think, and I'll talk, and you don't even have to listen. All right. I would go. Mine would be. I actually graduated college. See, I didn't even do that. 
<laughs> well, I like listen. I've always said this. I've cheated from fifth grade till college every year. It's the only way I passed. But I was still able to do it and never got caught. And I always think if you cheat in a not necessarily in a relationship, obviously not, but in a sport or a business setting, and you don't get caught, I think it's legal. Dude, I will say that is. I mean, I, I, one thing I'll put this in second place for the time being, but like. Getting a regular job when I moved to L.A., mm-hmm. I never thought in a million years I was qualified to work in any office setting <laughs> of any kind. And somehow I got a job in an office. So, I mean, like, whereas see that when the word hardest thing to do, I've fallen ass backwards into things many a time where I go, I can't people are like, I can't believe that you did that. I go, oh, I can't either. Like getting on, on a radio, like on a radio morning show in Buffalo at 16 could have been the hardest thing, but I didn't even realize I was doing it when I did it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't something where I was like, I want to do that. And then I arduously scratched and clawed at it. You know, I, th- I feel like the hardest thing I've uh, ever done, I've yet to do it. If that makes okay. sense. That's a good answer. I, I mean, hope. going around and being able to sell tickets in one night is around this country. Are That's another thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like every little accomplishment, I'm like, I can't believe yep. I'm doing it. And it's hard. I I didn't know that I was that it was hard until it happened. Kind yeah. of. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I feel the same. Everything I do in this business, I'm always like, "Damn, is this about to happen? I'm about to do this right now?" Yeah. It's like I can't believe that I got anywhere, let alone yeah. here. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So I guess that is the hardest thing ultimately. But I'm trying to think if there's like one. I mean, I guess now being like a boss and like having to like tell people like oh i gotta move on from you or like Mm -hmm. something like that that's hard to do i don't really have the spine for that you know what i mean like running a a small business you've had to fire someone yes recently yes and that's hard that was hard i don't because i was like avoiding it you know what i mean like i was like i don't want to do this it's of no fault of theirs it's just like a moving on situation and i hate having this conversation that kind of that's hard breaking up with a girl is hard too but i've but yeah, I mean, I don't have the spine for confrontation like that. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll do a. I'm a yeah, I don't like. I'll do, unless I'll it's clean text. and dry. Like if a if a girl's like a super bitch and fucks yeah. me over or something, I'll, I'll motherfucker on the phone all day and break up with her. But <laughs> but fucking if it's a good it's, relationship, she's nice, but it's just not the person. It's supposed just to not marry. working out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's tough. December 31st, 1999, Boris Yeltsin suddenly resigns from office, immediately thrusting Putin into power. May 7, 2000, Putin is sworn in for his first term elected as president of the Russia Federation. He inherits the second Chechen war from Boris Yeltsin, and many believe he will put an end to the war. October 23, 2002, 40 to 50 armed Chechen insurgents, labeled as terrorists by the Russian state media, go into the House of Culture of State Ball Bearing Plant Number One. Oh that's my the- lord, that's the most <laughs> Russian shit I've ever heard in my life. As the English translation, translation uh, that is a theater uh, during a performance of the play Nord. Ost. Nordost. Nordost at the House of Culture of State Ball Bearing Plant number they one. They named a theater <laughs> after a ball bearing plant that pumped out so many ball bearings that it was number it was the first established one. And that's what they're proud of. Oh my god. Would you could you imagine like I mean, it's kind like I said, comparing it to America, that's like saying like 
I'm going to the TD Garden. You know what I mean? Or that like, it's true, I guess. The Fizzerv Fizzerv Stadium, and it's just like a finance service. Yeah, it's like, or you go to like a, a theater. Some of these theaters, you're like the Nokia Theater. You're like yeah. a cell phone company has got the naming rights. Stuff like that. It's really bizarre to me. Like, it really, like, uh, I went to Philadelphia this past weekend, and they have, you know, the ballpark is Citizens Bank. Yeah. And then it's Lincoln Financial Field is the football stadium. And then in between them, they have a bar or like a this facility of like all these crazy bars inside of it. It's like a nightclub in one part and it's a bowling alley and arcade. It's an adult Dave and Buster's, but it's called the Xfinity. So it's just another corporate. Like yeah. Everything's just being named. I actually respect this move more. I'd love if we had like. If we really gave a shit about the nurses after COVID and stuff yeah. like that, we should name a stadium after the nurses. Yeah, you know? I like that. Or like you're just like, yeah, they, I'm gonna go to um, Paperclip Stadium. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something really like. The, I mean, we don't manufacture Monday. anything anymore, so I guess you can't do that. But it, yeah, if it was like, uh, fucking, uh, <laughs> like tire rods or whatever they call tire, you know, those fucking. Um, I can't think of a car part right now to save my life. <laughs> Dude, I remember the Good first... Good improv, Josh. Can't think of anything on a car. The I wheels? Was gonna, I was trying to think of tie rods or whatever that fucking goes on a fucking tire. Dude, my favorite my favorite Grateful Dead concert, 2002 at the House of Culture of State Ball Bearing Plant number one. <laughs> I mean, legendary. This makes me want to look up other venues in Russia. <laughs> Just like a cup of warm milk. It's my dream to someday perform at culture of state ball bearing plant number one ball bearing plant number two that's where hacks go I'm yeah going there that's like uh it's in the middle of nowhere ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a legendary venue what's the best life performance you've ever gone to i've ever been to yeah good. Ooh, that's a great question um his favorite concert doesn't have to necessarily be best for one guy's performance. yeah no of course yeah concerts i you mean like 805 is more than ipas i think so yeah okay switch me Ooh, hell yeah yeah, I'm not an IPA guy. Right. Um, I want to say it's going to be like my... F I, I went to so many fun warp tours. Oh, yeah? Which were just like in a field. Were you, you know? with the uh, radio station at that time? Yes, that's what made those fun. But like before I worked in radio, my first concert ever was Family Values 2001. And it was like even bands that are to this day, my some of my favorite bands like Stone Temple Pilots and Linkin Park and Stained. And it that was, was like, all on one show? It was all on one show, and then Dead Z and Static X were the other two bands. And now three of the five bands, the lead singers, are dead, so it's like crazy thing that makes you feel old. But, yeah, I mean, that was like my first concert. My first time my like, parents let me go to like a rock concert. I remember like seeing people in the pit and it being like frightening, you know? But like I guess like watching a band perform and it like kind of blowing me away. I definitely, I saw this band called Band of Skulls open up for uh, Metric one time, and I was, I never heard of them or anything. I went in, and I just, like, left there being an immense fan. I was, like, blown away by them. Same with a band called Of Montreal. I've watched, I've now seen them eight times. Every time I see them, they blow my ass away every time. I just saw Kid Cudi. Ooh. That was fucking incredible. It really was. He came out in this weird wig and did this thing. It was just great. But you know what you just said about the opening act? We're both opening acts for right. various large headliners. It is fun to, uh, you know, like going into a crowd when they're all your fans and they like you is definitely a lot easier. Hell yeah. But it also is like that gunslinger mentality of going in front of a big dog and then yes. you get that fucking DM of like, dude, 
I don't know who you are or where you come from, but I love you. And I'm going like, to show them what's up. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I came in there, no one knew who the fuck I was, and I fucking shot these motherfuckers up, and now they're going to remember me. There was another time I saw, I don't even remember who the closing band was, but the opening band was this band, Blindside, and they became one of my favorite bands in high school also. So it was like, I was I was big on going to watch. the. I'm like, maybe I'll find a new band that I like. So I loved going to watch. That's the whole thing. Like when people watch, miss an opener, it's like a lot of times the band is choosing this opener. Yeah, because they're like a fan of them. Because they're a fan of them. They and like they're, watching them. Exactly. They're like, this guy's not be- good, and people don't know what he's doing, so if you like what I'm doing, I'm co-signing this person. Right. Yeah. No, no doubt. That's uh, that's always my favorite part about going to concerts is seeing the opening. So, the Chechen uh, terrorists plant a series of explosions on the main stage of the theater, and it is estimated they have a between eight not, not at the ball bearing place number one <laughs> number one they went into the that, mecca that they went to mecca venue that's like going to Madison square garden or something <laughs> so it's estimated that they have between 850 to 900 hostages including audience members and actors oh my god who was playing it was that nord orst nord orst okay my bad duh i gotta put them on spotify that is the oh never mind. The theater <laughs> is only about four kilometers from the Kremlin headquarters in Moscow. This is a deliberate move by the Chechen rebels because the theater has only one entrance to the auditorium, which is a ninety foot long hallway that goes up a staircase descending into the theater. Incredibly Russian. Yes. No fire escape. <laughs> you live it. You love to fire. <laughs> this gives the Chechens a technical advantage and makes it inherently difficult for Russian special forces to launch a counterattack or rescue hostages. They promised to release anyone with a foreign passport and also release about 200 women and children during the first day. Oh, how wo- that's welcome. They're kind of tight as fuck. Chechens kind of seem tight as fuck. Yeah. Their demands are simple. All Russian military needs to vacate Chechnya and the war needs to end with Chechen independence. This sounds a little inglorious bastards-ish, right? Yes. What's the first R-rated movie you saw? When, oh, why, it was and how? The Masterpiece 1994 Speed. Oh, that's a fun one. Yes. Because that's not even really that bad There's for no, a kid like, to watch. There's no tits and shit, but no. it's a lot of violence, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of cursing. And I remember when uh, it was like my first hearing, fuck, and my parents let me watch. I, we were at like a family party at my aunt's house, like a barbecue in yeah. the summer, and it just came out on video, and everyone's like gathering around to watch Speed. And I don't I'm In 1994, I was eight. Yeah. And my parents were like, hey, it's fine. And I remember, like, Keanu Reeves, like, inspecting the uh, elevator, and he sees, like, the big bomb on it, and he goes, like, fuck me. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> I looked around, like, are they going to kick me out of here? Like, they going to not let me watch this The police know this is happening? And they were saying fuck every other word, and it was so awesome. And then, like, Dennis Hopper's all crazy, and, like, there's explosions, and I'm like, this movie's the best. It's still to this it day. It was a great movie. It's still to this day one of my favorites. Yeah, it's still great. And I like learned about Los Angeles through it. <laughs> I know that's a real fun thing about movies is when you come here and they're placed here, you're like uh, like the best one is Swingers. Have you watched rewatched Swingers? I gotta Swingers? rewatch it because the Vegas stuff, but like in speed, like I used to work at an office building where my stop in the subway was Pershing Square. And that's where Dennis Hopper demands they leave the money. So they're like, there's a I found the apartment that he's like watching yeah. the window he's watching out of into Pershing Square, I've, like, located that window. You know what I mean? And I'm like, there's the, this is where the mailbox was, where, like, he steals Sandra Bullock, or where they drop the money, and then he goes down. And when they chase through the station, that that's where they are, is that station. And then they're in the subway, 
and the subway wasn't finished in 1994, so like it pops Still, out. It doesn't seem like it's finished. Well, it's definitely not. <laughs> they're they're supposedly adding to it, but like it pops out at Hollywood and Highland, which is like a stop now. Mm-hmm. And it used to not be a stop. It's like coming soon, and they come out at that thing. And now it's cool to like go there and be like, this is the. Sp- this is where the subway comes out on Hollywood Boulevard in speed. People are like, shut up about fucking speed already. Like, <laughs> every time they come and visit, I'm like, remember that part in speed? That's the, and they're like, that's your reference yeah, point. You we, know? <laughs> we were more of a collateral guy. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I just love also the people that lived in the apartment didn't know a man named Wild Bill was checking them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I wonder if what it's probably rents crazy up in that apartment now. And at the time, Dennis Hopper's just like a sociopath, like bombing shit living in there. Crazy. That's how easy it was to rent places here. You yeah, can just rent yeah, it. Yeah. Be like, yeah, sure. I don't need to show anything. My first one was Chucky. First one. No shit. That. I don't think I've ever seen Chucky, to be quite honest with you. It doesn't hit as hard when you're an adult, because this kind of, <clears throat> as an adult man, I'm six foot right now, hovering around 225. Not solid. Um, but what when I see this, it's like, it's like going to be a man versus me. Yeah, you know, I'll be scary. the fuck out of this doll. Yeah, I'll yeah. beat the fuck out of this doll. I have, I'm not a strong man. I would not win in 85% of fights. I'm cagey. But yeah, that little doll comes in. Yeah. I'm kicking the shit out of it. I'm yeah. enjoying it. Yes, exactly. I'm like, bring that doll over. I'll fucking <laughs> let's can't wait to put a boot through its. I face. let him get up. Yeah, I yeah, knock yeah, him yeah. down. I'm like, you're coming up again. I'm put him in the microwave and fucking <laughs> in a bunch of clumps and melt his ass. I don't give a shit. Fuck this fucking doll. Go Dude, on the stove. That fucking movie fucked me up so bad that I had to sleep with all my stuffed animals on my bed for a long time, and I had a lot. You would think the opposite would be true. Because well, I didn't want them getting mad at me. I put them in the in the fucking closet and chain lock it. <laughs> See, why are you set fire to all your toys? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the first scary movie that I like really was fucked up by. I want to say it might have been The Ring, and even though I was older, I remember the like ring taking was a, like I was old enough to take a girl to The Ring, and I was like. <laughs> like I was frightened by it. It's something about when that horse jumps off that ship and you just see it like in the water, like yeah. fucked me up. I was like, I don't know and why the that girls walk up. thing was all weird. Oh my god, yeah, no, I think more girls they not, they need to start like you know how girls are like scared of men being predatory and everything like that. They need to take back the night, yeah, and do some walk wild like shit. zombies. Like, they got to do like Emily Rose shit when yeah. they're like sleeping over and stuff and start freaking guys out. <laughs> No one's gonna try to rape a woman who's like walking who's like, like the ring. Yeah, like just in the middle of the night when he's sleeping, lay on the ground, all contorted, and just don't blink and stare at him until the point when he's like, "Are you okay? What do I call someone? Just you say, won. That's that's my. He'll right. remember you. Yeah. He's definitely gonna call you back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're definitely not gonna get raped. Is all I'm saying. From October 24 to the 25th, 2002, the Chechen terrorists have multiple discussions with multiple negotiators trying to resolve the hostage situation. To no avail. Putin res- responds by stating that the hostage situation will end by whatever means are necessary <laughs> and reiterates his zero tolerance <laughs> policy on terror. That just death. basically means like there's going to be hostages that die. Yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. by them or by us, it's going to happen. Get ready. 1026, a day later, Russian special forces are deployed to the theater, prepared to enter and eliminate the terrorists. Prior to entering, an aerosol gas agent is pumped into the theater's air conditioning to make it easier for the special forces to conduct the raid. The Russian health minister tells the state-run media that the gas is an anesthetic to put everyone to sleep and ensure minimal <laughs> casualties. The health minister states that the gas is a derivative of fentanyl, so it should be... Uh, oh, it- yeah, we know how that doesn't <laughs> kill people. <laughs> 
So it should enable the maximum amount of hostages to survive. <laughs> that sounds like a Coke dealer that yeah. you talk to. He's like, yeah, no, it's a, uh, there's fentanyl. Sure, there's fentanyl in there, but, but you're going you're gonna to live. <laughs> it's made so everyone can survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Other reports have said it was a form of the halothane gas outlawed in the, outlawed in the U.S. because it's known to deplote deplete the ozone i mean the old gas in the air conditioning trick a true classic <laughs> speaking of a classic what's your perfect sandwich Ooh, golly you know i love a good sandwich Me too. and i can't decide right now between like east side deli i i'm i don't know mm -hmm. I, i'm gonna find out i'm gonna check them out oh. now because i love deli they're right by your house and i did not know that i might have got them on uber i'm so like because of cope since covid i've only lived here a short time before it so I get things on Uber Eats that I don't even remember where they're from. Oh, yeah. But I know I go, I like this. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't tell you the restaurant or anything. But I will say I'm deciding between a turkey and an Italian-style sandwich in terms of the meats. But I'm a toppings guy. Like, give say it's turkey. Give me hot peppers. Yep. Give me, like, a hot spread of some kind. Yep. Mustard of a, yep. Yes. And then uh, whatever else comes in that, the, the spices, the herbs. Lettuce, no tomato. Keep like your tomatoes tomato. away from me. They poison They're the fucking slimy. Sandwich. They just they get their tomatoy shit all over everything else and makes everything taste like a tomato. You ever been to Tommy's uh, hamburgers? Um, I think so. Yeah. No. Yeah. They always give a tomato that's like two inches thick. Oh, it's one of those ones where they're like, <sighs> yeah. I think they're doing you a favor by giving you a tomato steak, and it's Disgusting. fucking horseshit. Yeah. They keep going. I like a good. Uh, I like a good cherry tomato on on a salad or something because yeah. it's okay. got its skin on it. It's not yeah. naked. It doesn't bleed everywhere. Yeah. It's not the gush coming out. Yeah. The innards I don't like. So yeah. No. I mean, I like a good spicy sandwich with like. Um, I don't need to necessarily, the bread isn't as important to me, but many people are like very bread picky. I'm very bread picky. I don't mind a soft bread. Yeah, okay. You know, like if it was like a sliced bread, like a wheat or something, and it was thick but soft, mm -hmm. I don't need it to be like crispy or anything like that. A Dutch crunch will fuck up the roof of your mouth. You ever done that one? Yes. Dutch crunch like eating a box of Captain Crunch. Well, yeah, and then it's all flaky. On yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, necessarily. I don't like uh, my sandwich to give me dandruff. Yeah, I don't like it. That's that's when I don't like the bread, when I'm just like, you look down and you've got bread everywhere, like flakes of bread everywhere. That's mm -hmm. just, yeah, I don't want that at all. But yeah, no, and then, I mean, if the sandwich gave me a blowjob, it would make it extra perfect. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I mean, what are we talking about? I think it's here? a woman named yeah, Sandwich yeah, that yeah, lives yeah, on yeah. Uh, I mean, that would, a little uh, more south on Sunset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, what deli does that? But, uh, no, I mean that's about it. I'm I'm a I'm not a particularly picky guy, but I do love like like a hot element to my sandwich, peppers and yep. bread and all that, like the a hot sauce. I got an ulcer from a sub place in Buffalo because I would get like extra hot peppers, extra hot sauce, and I was like 12 and I had an ulcer. <laughs> like, that's what was, hot Cheetos are doing to kids right now. He's giving them ulcers. Yeah, it ruins little kids' stomachs. Yeah, these kids they're like the takis that melt yep. my face and all that shit. I bet. Like you're not supposed to eat that in fucking Red Bulls, kid. Dude, I had a buddy who ate hot Cheetos and like three Red Bulls a day. Started throwing up blood. I do the Red Bull part. I'm not a big snacker, so I'm not like into the chips that the kids are doing. I don't do the hot. I've done a hot Cheeto here and there, but I I drink way too much Red Bull as it stands. Maybe I'll put that on my perfect sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> 
While the gas is being pumped in the auditorium. <laughs> I did not think that sandwich was going to come out of that. The old gas in the... Uh, I mean, that gas, too. They're like... The one... I wish we knew uh, what that... Um, Halothane gas. Because the way that they talk, they're like, it was outlawed by the U.S. because it was bad for the ozone. Like, yeah. oh, is it in whipped cream cans? Like, what are we talking about? Like, what kind of gas? Is it in hairspray? You know, the way that... It's got to be a little more harmful than to things than just the ozone. This well, they expect like, it to be a nerve agent. And you're going to learn what happens right now. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm jumping ahead. Oh, it's this is what it's all about. Jump as much as you want. <laughs> While the gas is being pumped into the auditorium, a hostage calls a local radio station, tells them that a gas is being pumped <laughs> Oh my God, as a guy who worked in local radio, as a guy who's like running, like just monitoring the phones. Wild like, Bill on the ones that's and That's my nightmare as a phone guy. Like, because you're half-assing the phones as it is. You're like... 1033 The Edge, hello, and then they're like, there's a low, there's a nerve agent being pumped through the, I'd be like, alright man, yeah, okay, there's a nerve agent. I, w- I would hang up on that guy five times before I started believing him. <laughs> they're pumping a nerve agent into the House of Culture of State Ball Bearing Plan Arena number yeah, I go, one. Yeah, I go, if any, like they would allow that to happen to State Ball Bearing number one plant. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe number two, yeah, but they're yeah. not doing it. <laughs> yeah, that would be like, I would be the guy that wouldn't even put that on the air. I'm like, yeah, good one, buddy. Way to go. Michael Jackson's dead? Yeah, okay. That kind of so thing. They keep tell- calling radio stations and telling them they have n- <laughs> no idea what the gas is being pumped in. They also say that they know it's dangerous because the Chechen terrorists begin to panic as soon as they smell the gas. The call ends with the hostage stating that it is clear that the government is more interested in ending the hostage situation than trying their best to save hostages' lives. I mean, also, you got to think, too, like, if you're in the radio business in Russia at that time, do you broadcast this or are you going, like, our boss? Because, like, I mean, I remember our station had the rights to the Buffalo Bills, and we couldn't even, like, slander them for being shitty, let alone, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, the Russian government. So the guy's probably on the phone, like... This is a little dicey for us, pal. You might want to call Q102 about this one, because... <laughs> yeah, imagine someone calling you being like, I started exposing what the Russian government was doing. Can you... Yeah, 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 and now I they're nerve-gassing me. Can you we expose just... <laughs> what the Russian government's doing, too? We just play Elton John here, pal. I mean, we got a block coming up of uh, 40 nonstop, 40 minutes it's... of nonstop music, so... I don't know where it's going to fit in. I, I think you should call a different station. <laughs> <laughs> Reports after the attack determined the gas was airborne fentanyl in an unknown nerve agent. Well, that's exactly what they said. They go, it's just fentanyl. No. Remember they said that? That's like no, a no, 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 nerve agent. <laughs> that's what the drug... Oh, yeah, and then their nerve agent was... That. that sounds like a drug dealer, too. It is speculated <laughs> that this agent was a CGB-crafted nerve agent known for quietly killing large groups of people. Sick. Russia maintains that a general anesthetic was used to put everyone to sleep, and it was a fortunate <laughs> side effect that 170 hostages died. Yo, can we just say for a second, how sick would it be to have that job of just spinning things in Russia where you're like, they're going to accept whatever we say. So you just put a little bent on things. Like, I feel like Putin is fun to watch talk because he is like really great at that. Yeah. You know, and our government does it, too, but they're shitty at it. Yeah. Where you're like, I see through your horse shit. These ones I go, all right, tip of the cap (laughs) to the old... I mean, he really spun that one. Into... Like, did you hear about Putin? He lit uh, 150 people on fire. Putin's like, 150 people uh, <laughs> overheated this weekend due to their own. Yeah, they, they were. They came in hot already. Yeah, it wasn't us. Catching fire is just an unfortunate side effect of already arriving 
above the normal temperature. We ask you to come in below 98.6. When people arrive hot, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. I'm sorry. I just think that's such a fun job. <laughs> 170 people died from attack. Holy shit. That's one hell of an accomplishment. What's one accomplishment you've done that you're most proud of? Huh. Definitely headlining on the road. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm very proud of. I mean, all of comedy, every moment and step of it. I, I mean, I feel like that's a go given go-to answer, though. Um, you ever have one podcast episode you're very f- proud of? I was thing? proud that Tom Brenneman came on my podcast. Who's that? I don't know. Uh, he's a Cincinnati, he's a disgraced Cincinnati Reds broadcaster, legendary yes. broadcaster. And Explain he said, that uh, if you could. He said uh, a slur on the air, a, a gay slur. He was quoting City Slickers, but it was a moment where... They were potting him up before he knew he was on the air. So he said, like, you know, eh, capital of the world. He said that line. And then it was like he, they go three, two, one, and he's like, and we're back here in the seventh inning. But he was up already. Didn't know it. Went through a whole game. And people are firing off tweets like. Well, what did he say? He said the F word about gays. Oh, okay. And uh, San Francisco, right? He, it was about Kansas City because it's, uh, it's the line from City Slickers, I believe. About Kansas City, line capital of the world or whatever. Yeah, like, F word capital of the world. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, to- the game goes on. It's a doubleheader in the first game of a doubleheader, and tweets start blowing up. Not every the production crew has no idea this went out of the air. At least I don't know that they did. And eventually, it's like he's got to say sorry, but it's also COVID, so they have to wait till another play by play guy can get to wherever. <laughs> they are so that they can replace him because he's going to apologize and go off the air. So. As the second game begins, he starts apologizing, and he doesn't know until he has to apologize that he's that what he said went out over the air. So now he's like, "Oh my god, I'm what an asshole!" Like, and he has to say this apology, and in through trying to search for the words to like give off a sincere apology, Nick Castellanos hits a home run, and he calls the home run in the middle of an apology. It's become a meme. It's That's become it's dumb. become the curse of Nick Castellanos. It was like. I pride myself on a, as a man of faith, and I don't know if I'll ever be putting on this headset again. And there's a deep drive into left field by Castellanos, and that'll be a 4-0 ball game for the Reds. I don't know if my employer will allow me back in this broadcast. Like, he went right back, but it was like breathing because he was just trying to yeah. find the words. And everyone shat on him for being callous in their eyes for the apology. And... He wasn't. He was just doing what his innate instinct is during a moment of duress by calling, because you're just supposed to call the game. That's his main job. That's what he's been trained to do for so long. So I knew he had a sincere apology, and I knew it because also, like, beyond his, he obviously was fired and everything like that. Beyond that, he started doing charity work for LBGTQ plus charities. He started, like, uh, for this one hospital that has, like, a trans program where... They take in like people who are kicked out of their homes and stuff like that. He's done a lot of charity for that as well. And so I knew this guy has like his heart's in the right place. And he was just caught in a shitty cancel culture moment. So I had him on my podcast to talk about that. And I've been making jokes about this whole thing forever. So like every time, you know, Nick Castellanos hits a home run now for some, I feel like these broadcast crews want to go viral because they're Mm -hmm. doing, they end up going like, 
And uh, the first base coach, he's uh, absent this game because he got a DUI. And they're giving off this thing, and then it's like Nick Cassianos hits a home run. And they're like, they waited until he was at bat just to hope this happens, I feel like. But yeah, I mean, having Tom Brenneman on my program was a proud achievement. Now he's, I mean, he's doing a podcast with Joe List uh, now about baseball, which is really cool. So it's cool to see, like, my name in, like, USA Today and stuff like that over by, like, him having a career again because he came on and, like, spoke very candidly and, like, very like um <clears throat> tongue in cheek too like he, he made jokes about himself separate self-deprecating type jokes and like we had a great time it was a fun episode for sure well when people like they look at him they say he's being callous by still cause calling the game is like when we're talking on stage and we're telling our jokes but we're thinking about something entirely happening we're thinking about the guy not laughing we're thinking about what we're gonna have to say to the woman well yeah imagine Bridal being, shower probably you're a broadcaster that. for 30 40 years yeah. and you're trained you're taught in broadcasting like you are not the star you are conveying what's occurring uh, during the game mm-hmm. or during the event or whatever it is and now all of a sudden the light shined on you and that's the ultimate error when you become the story, mm-hmm. so to speak, if you're a reporter, if you're a broadcaster. And while that's salacious and like gets eyes on you, it's every broadcaster in that way is a nightmare. For podcasting, we like love it. We're yeah. like, tell, put the story on me, you mm-hmm. know. But like for that moment, it's his nightmare. And he's trying to find through this moment of like just shock for himself, like just finding out he's definitely going to probably be fired. And like, he has to just, this is the last thing he probably could say. So I don't even think he knew he was calling that home run. I think it just happened. And he was like, I have to say something here. Yeah. I think he was like, it was like him exhaling or inhaling in that moment. By the end, all the Chechen terrorists were killed via gas exposure or gunfire. (laughs) Well, sure, the terrorists, but how about the hostages? (laughs) Once all the Chechens were killed, Russian special forces began removing dead hostages and piling them into buses outside of the theater. Sounds like uh, Andrew Cuomo was a part of this one, too, (laughs) you know? Just like, (laughs) nah, it's just a side effect that all the old people died. Throw them the old people home. Just stack them like cordwood. In the immediate aftermath, the Russian government said that only 67 hostages had died and none of them for women and children. What a fun thing to say. There were just a bunch of dudes. dudes. That'd be a great thing to say in 22. 20, white cis males. They only died. 67 cis males. Yeah. yeah. Dead Racist, homo, homophobic cis, cis males. Yeah. The whole, whole <laughs> the evilest person. Man, Russia's woke in 2002. Over the next few days, hostages who were hospitalized would die from exposure to the mystery drug. And thanks to Russian law enforcement terrorist attacks, their official cause of deaths were labeled as terrorism. To this day, Russian authorities deny that any hostage died due to poisoning and blame pre-existing <laughs> medical conditions. Andrew Cuomo! And general poor health to being held hostage for three days without a little food or water. That's so fucked up. 167 died from gas and they were hungry and thirsty. Speaking of thirsty, what's one sport or extreme activity that would best be benefited by adding alcohol to it? Oh, hockey. Hockey, huh? I mean, sure, you'd be a little slower and a little sloppier out there, but the fights would be awesome. You'd get the guys coming off the bench more. Goalies would fight more. Russians, there's a lot of vodka in there. I feel like if you know anything about beer league hockey, a lot of the people are sauced anyways. And I feel like uh, in baseball, it would be great too, but I feel like you can do, like people wouldn't even notice. You know what I mean? Like if you're a true athlete and drinker, 
I feel like people are kind of doing it on the side already, and it like comes out later. Like, remember just a couple of years ago, the Boston Red Sox were like caught drinking and eating fried chicken in like the clubhouse, like during games, and people were like, "Oh my god!" And then they like were almost in the World Series that year, so it's like fuck off. It was like two years later. Two years later, they won the World Series, so it's like let them drink beer if that's like helping. Yeah, I don't care what someone does. No, I don't at all. I and, don't, and especially I don't have this like puritanical sense of sports where it's like I think they all should have booze involved in it. Sports is about making money. Do you know Marshawn Lynch used to do a shot of Henny before every game? That's not that bad, though. Ron Artest used to get blackout drunk and sometimes would leave the stadium at (laughs) halftime. Now that's (laughs) cool. That's cool. I feel like a lot of, I mean, there's not a lot of guys getting, like, blackout drunk, but there's guys that definitely, like, have a few pops before they go. And hockey, too. Like, I know I've partied with hockey players. They'll get, like, blasted until 4 or 5 a.m., and then they just, like, Back at the rink at like three hours later or something to do practice the next morning. Yeah, and baseball players too. I mean, they all rage. Like, let's stop pretending that everyone's like Tom Brady or like, I don't need a strawberry. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about a championship. Right. That means nothing. That is someone, that is a group of very rich people that made a stupid trophy for you to strive to get so that they can make more money. What matters is how much fucking money you make out this thing before you get out of it. Well, yeah. So I don't give a fuck if they're drunk, if they're on steroids, if they're on anything. I love it. Burn as hot as you can for a short amount of time, and let's get someone else in there like, and make your money and leave. It's so much fun when you see a player like like Max Scherzer after the NL wildcard game last year. It wasn't but, I don't know, 20 minutes after the, they just won the wildcard that Max Scherzer was wasted. I'm like, oh, when he came off the mound, he was already drinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. Because there's no way you could get that wasted that quickly after the game. It's like he was out for the last like four innings. And so, you know, he was popping a few back there, yeah, <laughs> which it, is so cool. Especially <laughs> baseball. Yeah. Like, especially baseball. Yeah. This is a, you can. Yeah. Unless you're like flying a, a fighter jet and you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really have a, like I said, a puritanical stance on drinking when it comes to anything, really.